This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman, bringing clarity to Washington, D.C. news. We see corruption at every level in Washington. Exposing the deception plaguing our nation's capital. Not only what he told every Republican senator, but what he told the press over and over and over again was a simple lie and helping Christians stay informed about government. This puts a bigger burden on voters to go figure out what's actually going on. This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman on American Family Radio. A coup underway in Washington, D.C. That's what we're going to talk about today on the show, and we're going to talk about what must be done to stop it. Welcome to the show today. You're listening to Exposing Washington. I am your host, Walker Wildman. You're listening exclusively on the American Family Radio Network. You can visit our website, AFR.net, AFR.net on the World Wide Web. Also, you can follow me on Twitter, at Walker Wildman on Twitter. I would encourage you to stay connected to the show and a couple ways to do that. As I just mentioned, you could follow me on Twitter, at Walker Wildman. You can also download the podcast on your tablet, on your smart device, on your smartphone. Download the podcast and you can listen to it at your convenience. You can also listen to the podcast at our website, as I mentioned, AFR.net. Lastly, we're on YouTube now. So if you want to watch the show, you can go to YouTube. Just type in Exposing Washington and maybe you have to type in Exposing Washington, Walker Wildman, or something like that. And then you can find the show, find the channel, the YouTube channel, and you can actually watch Exposing Washington on YouTube. But a lot of things to talk about on the show today. A busy week in Washington, and we've spoken multiple times about what I call, and not just me, but what... Peter Strzok at the FBI, what the top officials at the FBI called the insurance policy. And the insurance policy being, what should we do should candidate Donald Trump become president? And of course, you know, he's been president for over a year and a half now, going on two years in January. And so before President Trump was sworn in to office, President Obama's officials at the FBI and the Department of Justice plotted this scheme to frame candidate Donald Trump, then to be President Donald Trump, and to try to basically sink his presidency should he become president. And so that's been the plan for the last three years. And the plan being, if if Donald Trump becomes president, what can we do to bring him down? What can we do to bring his presidency down? But before we jump into that, and, and, and the plan that the Democrats have had all along to bring Donald Trump's presidency down, let's flash back. I think it's really important sometimes to go back to refresh our memory of recent history and how things kind of played out because there's so much news going on. There's so much information that we take in every week that sometimes, you know, things that happened six months ago, it feels like they happened 10 years ago. And so we we lose track of where we've come from and how we got here. And so part of going back is to go back to this advertisement that that Donald Trump's campaign put out on November 6th of 2016 
This was candidate Trump's last appeal to the American people to vote for him and to vote him to be the next president of the United States. This is clip one. This is the title of this clip is Donald Trump's argument for America. Let's listen. Our movement is about replacing a failed and corrupt political establishment with a new government controlled by you, the American people. The establishment has trillions of dollars at stake in this election. For those who control the levers of power in Washington and for the global special interests, they partner with these people that don't have your good in mind. The political establishment that is trying to stop us is the same group responsible for our disastrous trade deals, massive illegal immigration, and economic and foreign policies that have bled our country dry. The political establishment has brought about the destruction of our factories and our jobs as they flee to Mexico, China, and other countries all around the world. It's a global power structure that is responsible for the economic decisions that have robbed our working class, stripped our country of its wealth, and put that money into the pockets of a handful of large corporations and political entities. The only thing that can stop this corrupt machine is you. The only force strong enough to save our country is us. The only people brave enough to vote out this corrupt establishment is you, the American people. I'm doing this for the people and for the movement, and we will take back this country for you, and we will make America great again. Not you, but I don't know about you, but that gives me chills listening to that advertisement. That was a campaign ad by candidate Donald Trump the last day before you go to the ballot box, November 6, 2016. And listening back at that, he was exactly correct. That election, there was so much hanging in the balance. Candidate Donald Trump there mentioned trillions of dollars hanging in the balance of special interest, big company money, globalist money hanging in the balance there and that's what made november of 2016 so very important but once trump won once donald trump won the presidency the corrupt elites started immediately executing their quote insurance policy the insurance policy should be what should we do should candidate trump win he won they begin executing their insurance policy, hence you have this whole Russia investigation based. But I want you to listen to how, this is clip two, I want you to listen to how the elite, the elites in the media reacted that same night uh, during, after the results came in, Donald Trump was our president. Let's listen to how the elites, the powerful people in New York, Washington, and California, Washington, D.C., let's listen to how they reacted to Donald Trump's victory uh, in November. You're awake, by the way. You're not having a terrible, terrible dream. Also, you're not dead and you haven't gone to hell. This is your life now. This is our election now. This is us. This is our country. This is a different Earth yeah. today than it was 
24 hours ago. It's a different place. Uh, Cause it just is different. The woman who President Obama called the most qualified person ever to run for the White House couldn't break through. The question remains, who can? Deeper concerns tonight that the world's shining light of democracy has gone dark. Decency lost last night, and that's what's so uh, hurtful about this. This was a white lash. This was a white lash against a changing country. It was a white lash against a black president in part. And that's the part where the pain comes. I kind of push back against the advancement of African Americans, of Hispanics, of women, of Muslim Americans. It is a, a mourning moment for, for those people. Uh, and it is, it is a moment filled with fear. All right, well, there you have it. That's just, just about a minute of the mainstream media on election night, basically talking about how the world's ending. I mean, over and over again, they go... It's just a dark day in America, and, and the, the once light of the world is, is kind of dim now. And you would think that, that, that the world was literally ending if you would have listened to those late-night hosts election night. And the reason, and then, then one of, they, they act so in touch with America. They act like they, they just have a pulse, uh, their hand on the pulse of Americans. And in reality, these are the most out-of-touch people in our country. Besides the politicians in Washington, these mainstream media elites that make millions of dollars doing what they're doing, which I think is fine. It's a, we live in a capitalist country. Make all the money you want. But they're making all this money, and they live in this little bitty bubble in New York, Washington, D.C., and California, and they act like they're in touch. They're in tune with the American people. They're talking about how many people across America are crying tonight. They're literally crying tonight. They're upset. They're scared about the future of our country. Well, the reason that people are acting like that is because y'all, that's a Southern term, y'all, all of the media elites in Washington and across the country were acting like it was doomsday, even though it wasn't. And so they were leading the American people, the folks who listen to the mainstream media, they were leading them to the believe that, that Donald Trump's presidency would be the end of America. And we all know that's absolutely not the case. America is doing mighty well under President Trump's leadership. But back to the plan to bring down President Trump. We talked about the insurance policy. We had the phony Russia investigation going on, which you talked about over and over again on the show today, but it, be, it goes beyond this, I believe. It, go, it goes beyond the insurance policy, and I believe that there is, and it's evident, that there are people planted in the administration who are actively working against President Trump's agenda, and, one, uh, and some evidence of that that came out this week is this article, many of you have probably already heard this, this article in the New York Times, here's the headline. I am part of the resistance inside the Trump administration. This is an opinion piece, an article in the New York Times, and the author is anonymous. The author is unnamed, and it's a person, allegedly, who is a senior official in the Trump administration, which kind of makes it hard to narrow down because there's over a thousand, quote, senior positions in the administration. But moving on here into the content of the article, into the content of the opinion piece, this is unbelievable. Just reading directly from the article, the person says, it's not just that the special counsel looms large 
are that the country is bitterly divided over Mr. Trump's leadership, or even that his party might well lose the House to an opposition bent on his downfall. The dilemma, which he does not fully grasp, talking about President Trump, is that many of his senior officials in his own administration are working diligently from within to frustrate parts of his agenda and his worst inclinations. I would know I am one of them. Reading on here on the fourth or fifth page, the, the author goes on to say this isn't the work of the so-called deep state. It is the work of the steady state. Whatever you want to call it, deep state, steady state, either way, it's people buried in these administrations who actively work against the will of the American people. We've talked about the deep state, the administrative deep state on the show before. The last page of this opinion piece says this. Senator John McCain put it best in his farewell letter. All Americans should heed his words and break free of the tribalism trap. With the high aim of uniting, uniting through our shared values and love of this great country. There is a quiet resistance within the administration of people choosing to put country first. So there's someone in the Trump administration who, know, uh, we don't know who they are yet, but there's someone in the Trump administration who's actively working to undermine the, the commander in chief. This is absolutely unbelievable and unacceptable. President Trump must find these moles and remove them immediately. And I would even go as far to say that we need lie detector tests. I think we need lie detector tests for anyone that the president suspects of being, I would say, tra tra traitor or treasonous. I mean, this may not rise to the occasion of being fully treasonous under the law, but this is mighty close to it. Because when you work for an administration, whether you agree with them or not, you're supposed to work and carry out faithfully the orders of the president. But if you're actively subverting them, then you're working against the will of the American people and you're working against the highest office in the land. And that is absolutely unacceptable. But moving on here, staying, staying in Washington, staying in the Beltway, the Democrats, as I mentioned, they want to impeach Trump or they want to force him to testify before a grand jury with this whole Russia probe. And proof of that is this. This is clip three. Senator Dianne Feinstein this week asked the, uh, the future Supreme Court uh, nominee or, or candidate, Brett Kavanaugh, whether a president has to honor a subpoena. Let's listen to clip three. Let me just ask you this. Can a sitting president be required to respond to a subpoena? So that's a, a hypothetical question about uh, what would be uh, an elaboration or a difference from U.S. v. Nixon's precise holding. That's right. and, and I think going with the Justice Ginsburg principle, which is really not the Justice Ginsburg alone principle, it's everyone's principle uh, on the current Supreme Court. And as a matter of uh, the canons of judicial independence, I can't give you an answer on that hypothetical question. So you can't give me an answer on whether a president has to respond to a subpoena from a court of law? As my, uh, there's, my understanding is that you're asking me to give my view on a potential hypothetical. And that's something that the, every, 
each of the eight justices currently sitting on the Supreme Court when they're sitting in my seat uh, decline to decide potential hypothetical cases. So the Democrats clearly want President Trump to be subpoenaed by Robert Mueller and his corrupt attorneys. Or if he's not subpoenaed, they, the Democrats want to impeach President Trump. I mean, this is clear. This has been the plan all along. One great article that I'll point you to before we move on is this. An article by our own Brian Fisher. It's up at AFA.net. I'll post the article, the blog, on the podcast page at AFR.net. Go to the Exposing Washington podcast page, and you can read this article. But the headline is, Trump has no obligation to honor a subpoena. And I think Brian Fisher, our own Brian Fisher, host of Focal Point, is exactly right. The president is not, um, is not required to honor a subpoena unless he's been impeached. And th- th- then he wouldn't be the president anymore. But, but the Constitution is clear that the president is not subject to criminal investigations and criminal uh, traps and interviews unless he's been first impeached. And so if the Democrats are so upset with President Trump, then they just need to impeach him. But they know, and we know, that they don't have the votes to impeach President Trump, so they're going to try to bring him down another way. But once again, the president can only be subject to a prosecution should he first be impeached. He has not been impeached yet. Thus, President Trump does not have to honor a subpoena. But moving on here, one of the main problems with all of this is that the Republicans are so weak. So we have the Democrats who are basically crazy. I mean, they're acting so out of order, so out of touch with Americans, and so they ignore the Constitution, they ignore the law, they ignore the rules. The Democrats do whatever they want. The Democratic Party is basically the party of Antifa. I mean, basically, they're all Antifa. I mean, we used to think that Antifa was this small fringe of people and, you know, they weren't really connected to the Democratic Party. The Democrats are Antifa. I mean, they don't follow the law. They don't follow the Constitution. They ignore the rules of the Senate. On and on it goes. But one example of, of, of the, Republican, the Republican weakness on these issues is this whole issue of censorship, of censorship on these social media and these big tech platforms. And this is another tie-in to the whole insurance policy. That's how I'm tying it into this discussion. The Democrats want to censor conservatives and constitutionalists and libertarians. They want to censor us so we cannot stand up and defend President Trump. But let's listen to this clip. This clip is very telling. This is Alex Jones of InfoWars, and he's trying to ask a question at the, at the U.S. Capitol of Senator Marco Rubio of Florida. This is clip four. Let's listen. Twenty-six companies working in concert violating the Sherman Antitrust Act. And now Senator Warner and Senator Wyden have said, quote, there's thousands of sites worse than Alex Jones. So we're becoming like Cuba. We're becoming like Vietnam. We're becoming like China. So regardless of what we think about me or the straw man, should I have a First Amendment or should these companies be able to, to violate the whole Safe Harbor Act and all that and then ban conservatives en masse? Yeah, I don't know anything about your site. No, but about the First Amendment. Yeah, I support the First Amendment. I just ask questions. You, do, I know. I, I, you were the only one that brought up China. Are you, you aware, are you aware of the deplatforming going on? Um, in China? No, here. Big tech companies are, are purging conservatives. They're shadow banning people in mass. Yeah, well, my, my broader concern is that uh, 
what we are trying to do in terms of preventing foreign interference in our elections, uh, that technology could be used by authoritarian governments to argue, we want you to do the same thing against people that are in our country operating. For example, for them, misinformation would be something like the truth. For them, missing, for them, uh, sowing instability would be supporting democracy and free But the speech. Democrats what are doing what you said China does. What that you got from Sheryl Sandberg and Jack Dorsey on that question? I think Facebook now is, I think it's important for them not to comply with any efforts to sort of go after freedom but of what expression. about the Democrats purging conservatives? The, the, um, She's not answering. Just the Republicans are acting like it isn't happening. Thank God Trump is. Well, there you have it. All right, so here's the thing. I don't care what you think about Alex Jones. Some people say he's a right-wing conspiracy theorist. Some people think he's crazy. I don't care what you think about Alex Jones. That's not the point of me discussing it today. I actually think Alex Jones is right on a lot of things, as a matter of fact. And here's why. First off, he's asking that the mainstream media is painting this scenario as if Alex Jones is barging in, running into the press conference of Senator Rubio, and just, and just burning the whole thing up. And that's not the context. If you watch the entire video, the full context of this exchange here, which I'll post a link on the podcast page, the Exposing Washington podcast page at AFR.net. But if you watch the entire exchange here, Alex Jones walks up, slowly walks up to Senator Rubio while he's holding a, 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 a informal press conference. And he waits until he has a chance. And then Alex Jones asks Senator Rubio about the censorship of conservatives on major social media sites like Facebook, Twitter, etc. Senator Rubio acts as if he's oblivious to the fact that these big tech companies are censoring conservatives. This is a, a sitting U.S. senator and he's acting like he doesn't know what's going on. And then secondly, he tries to act like he doesn't know who Alex Jones is. Like he doesn't know that Alex Jones has been virtually banned by every, ma every major uh, platform on the internet. And I just find it deceiving that Senator Rubio, either it's, it's bad either way. Either he's lying and he knows who Alex Jones is, or he's misinformed and he doesn't know who Alex Jones is, and he doesn't know that, that conservatives are being censored. But my point is, these are our U.S. senators. That's a Republican. And, and Alex Jones is just wanting a, an answer to the question, what do you think about conservatives being censored? And Senator Rubio acts like he doesn't know what's going on. I think Senator Rubio was afraid to answer the question because he probably didn't know what to say. He probably didn't know what to say. But that's, that's who we have running our country. In Washington, that's who we have running our country. And, you know, Senator Rubio could have answered the question without getting into Alex Jones' track record and some of the things he might have said that are kind of out there, if you will. Senator Rubio could have answered his question, but instead, Senator Rubio basically ignored Alex Jones and went on to these mainstream media reporters and was answering their softball questions. And I think that's the problem. I think that's the problem is because they won't answer um, they won't answer tough questions, the Republicans, that is. But along the same lines, as of Thursday, I went to get this full exchange of Alex Jones and Senator Rubio on Twitter, on Alex Jones' page, but I went on there Thursday before the show, and Alex Jones has been completely banned from Twitter. 
And so you had Facebook, Twitter, and others at this hearing on Capitol Hill this past week, and they were basically trying to say, you know, we're not, we're not censoring conservatives, and we're going to do better. I promise we've made some mistakes, but we're going to do better. You know, we're going we're gonna to be an open platform for, and respect everybody's views. And then Twitter, the next day, after testifying, trying to act like they're not the bad guy, they go and they completely block, ban Alex Jones on Twitter. I mean, come on. It's clear. It's clear. Once again, no matter what you think about Alex Jones, it's not fair for them to completely ban him on all of these platforms. It really raises the question as to whether Alex Jones is kind of onto something and these big tech platforms are scared of him because he actually is figuring out the game that they're playing. Playing is all aimed at squashing the voice, as I mentioned, squashing the voice of the American people, squashing the voice of people who support President Trump. It's all aimed at squashing these voices so that Democrats can dominate future elections. So that Democrats can can dominate future elections. And so one last story before before we end the show today is this. Along the same lines, the, the U.S. Um, let's see. The U.S. House had a hearing on Wednesday. I'm sorry, the Senate Intelligence Committee had a hearing on Wednesday. And the, the point of the hearing was to ask these big tech CEOs like Google, Facebook, Twitter, etc. Ask them about the censoring of conservatives. Ask them about, quote, election meddling, whatever that means. And one CEO who refused to show is the Google CEO. He just told these senators, this committee, he basically said, I'm not coming. I don't have to come. I'm not coming. I don't want to come testify before your committee. And instead of this committee subpoenaing or issuing a subpoena to Google CEO, they just ignored it. They just ignored it and allowed Google to snub the U.S. Senate Intel Committee. And, 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 and this is another sign of spinelessness on behalf of the Republicans. The Republicans talk the big talk, but they don't walk the walk. They act all big and tough. We're going to hold hearings. We're going to clamp down. We're going to get onto these big tech companies for censoring Republicans and conservatives. We're going to put into this. We're going to hold these big tech companies accountable. Well, then Google says, I'm not coming. And Republicans say, okay, that's fine. Okay, that's fine. No, you don't have to come. And I just think it's, it's mighty representative of Republicans in Washington how they have no spine. Now, I'm talking in broad, I'm, I'm swiping in broad strokes here, but you get my point. Most of the Republicans in Washington have no backbone. But we must, uh, the American people must stay informed and continue fighting for our values. The future of our country is at stake, and I'm not exaggerating. Stay tuned to American Family Radio. We'll talk next week.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.